after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey kids, welcome to another edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about television commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Well, if you can't serve tasty sausage, then why are we even a family? I, I may as well move out. Actually, a tape from my childhood. Hi, everybody. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. We're your hosts on this Tuesday. How you doing, Veeves? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that you put the entire show together today. Thank you very well, I, much. I did a sort of half-assed job, so <laughs> save your gratitude. <laughs> So I don't know if there's any other podcast out there you guys want to check out. Maybe now would be the time to do it. But if you're sticking around, let me tell you, we're taking a fantastic voyage. or I guess a fantastical voyage today. I don't know exactly the difference. Uh, what are we talking about? Um, well, as you said, this is my this is my baby, my sweet, sweet fantasy baby. And um, I, I just got kind of inspired to think about commercials where uh, the, the marketers want you as the viewer or as the potential consumer to take a to to go into a fantasy about what it would be like to use their products and it's uh it's kind of an obvious trope right like you you use something they want you to imagine that it makes your life more exciting or more sexy or more glamorous um but it was fun finding all of the ways that uh marketers use that idea of going into a fantasy to sell their products. So that's what we're focusing on today. Okay, cool. We'll roll through some of those. And um, uh, also, Ad Council, anything jumping out? Oh, I know. We have a really good Ad ad Council today, don't we? We've got a... What's this thing from... What's it called in in Reader's Digest when there's like a real-life drama? A drama in real life. A drama. Well, you got real close. I was so close. <laughs> we have drama in real life, but I, I don't want to um, spoil it, so stick around. Okay. Is there any humor in uniform in the ad council today? <laughs> Not this week, but send them in. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's let's uh, kick things off with uh, some fantasy talk. Man, people say, talk crap about Billy Joel sometimes, but I will say, this guy could rip off almost any kind of music. <laughs> hey, Rick Ocasek called Billy Joel. He wants his song oh, back. Oh, man. Pot shots at Billy Joel is the <laughs> lowest of low-hanging fruit. I must, I must tell you that. All right. All right. Hey, I'm the one who used it on the show. So I know I was I was trying to set you up with Sweet Sweet Fantasy Baby. It, it was that Mariah Carey? Yeah, that's like her I like one of her signature songs. I almost pulled that today. I was watching the video. I knew exactly where to cut into it, but I just I don't know. I just went with Billy Joel. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, you love Billy Joel. I do. You have, I'm, the, I'm, co- you have the complete discography of Billy Joel. You, would you? I don't want to get off the uh, topic like right <laughs> at the beginning, but would you mind if we just listened to Piano Man from start to finish right now? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to, we have to check with the listeners individually. Okay, let's talk about these uh, fantasy-based commercials. I know that this uh, th- this first one that we're going to talk about that kind of inspired you for this came from a commercial we saw not in our living room and not on our laptop, but on the silver screen this weekend. Yeah, that's right. We went to see a movie, and um, Andrew, as Andrew knows, I not only I get antsy if I if we're going to miss the previews, I also like to get there early enough. Just to see the ads that show beforehand, I think they. I think you know, as someone who's interested in commercials, it's a. It is a, uh, a place where they show 
the sort of best of the best commercials. Typically, you know, they're very well produced. They're on a big screen. They don't have to conform to the 30 second format. So you get to see interesting ads. And I even even long before I had this podcast, you know, back when I was in you know college we, and high before school, we had this long before we had this podcast, uh, I, I was fascinated by the the ads that they would show before the preview started in movies. Uh, and this one was uh, really stood out to me so much so that I was still thinking about it the next day. Uh, this is for Samsung, um, the and it's really for the Samsung. I guess it's for any Samsung phone, but it's really for the Samsung virtual reality experience with the, like the goggles. Um, there's no audio to speak of that will tell you what's happening, so I'll just walk you through it. Um, I'll, pl- I'll play in the background. It's the it's uh, that Elton John. Song. That's a Rocket Man, yeah, which is right. great. Yeah. Uh, it's just called Ostrich, and um, it's a herd of ostriches somewhere out in some sort of dusty, faraway locale. And one ostrich starts exploring a little bit, and it finds a table uh, where it's on which sits a VR headset. Mm-hmm. Somehow the ostrich, through a little bit of, I think, digital trickery, like manages to get the VR set on its head. Not after it eats a cracker, it though. Does eat a, it does eat a cracker first, which is just somehow great. As a bird lover, I think that really stood out to Maybe me. Maybe this is my obsessive, my increasingly obsessive love of birds at, at work here, but... The, the ostrich gets the, uh, the VR set on its head, and it's set to, like, a flying, like, like soaring through the clouds. So suddenly this flightless, <laughs> earthbound bird is experiencing what it's like to be up in the sky, hence well, Rocket while Man. While all, all, all the other ostriches are just watching this one ostrich run around with, like an idiot with this VR machine on its head. But it keeps, it's experiencing this new thing for the first time and it keeps spreading its wings and eventually... Do we want to spoil the end? Well, I mean, we're (laughs) talking about it. Eventually, it gets up the courage to take a running leap and you never see it take off, but you see its shadow as it as it achieves flight and all the other ostriches watch the shadow of a huge ostrich soaring overhead to the strains of rocket man. Do you know what that reminded me of, by the way, that shot, it reminded me so much of the game of Thrones when you see like the shadow of the dragon. Yeah, it was very like that. And it, and it's, it's extremely well produced. I will say they got an amazing amount of personality out of these ostriches. Like they really, you really infer and and apply a lot of like emotion to them as, but they're basically emotionless, expressionless faces, right? Yeah, and I wonder how they do that. By the way, in, the, in this day and age, with all the technical whiz bangery, how much of it is just, I mean, just total animation versus uh, actual ostriches? It must be something. There's, there's got to be. Some, obviously, there's some digital work that being done here, but if so, it's very seamless and it's just. It's beautifully done and it's really emotional. And that's what I really loved about it is like they put you in the big, do they have webbed feet? No, probably not. In the clawed feet of of this ostrich that has this like transformative experience. I could not love this more. It made me want to try VR. Yeah. You know what it made me think of? Um do you remember that game? And I think it still exists. It's like a. Uh, I didn't cry. By the way, I didn't cry when the little girls all grew up and got married, but I cried when the ostrich took flight. Because <laughs> to be clear, at first it just it thinks it's taking flight because it's got the VR on, but somehow the the virtual reality ends up kind of becoming reality. And and the, and the log line is something like "Go where go where it's impossible to go, or go where you can't go, or something." Mm-hmm. What it made me think of is, and I don't know if this is a stretch or not. Um, but do you remember that game Second Life? 
Sure. It was a, it was an open world game. I'm a child game, of the 90s. And, uh, well, yeah, two, 2000s? Yeah, anyway. Um, it was an open world game, but it, you would create an avatar for yourself, and you would go in and, like, talk to other real people, other avatars in here. But you could be in there, I could be in there, and you would just, like... It was, uh, I wanted to like it. It was just so clunky on my old computers, I could never get it to work. But you could go to some cafe and just talk to somebody. But another thing that you could do in this world is you could fly. Just you could fly from one place to another if you didn't feel like walking through this virtual world. And way back when I was working at New Hampshire Public Radio, I remember we did a segment on Second Life. And one of the guests we had on was a big... um, kind of power user of Second Life. And she was also in a wheelchair. And I remember she said something to me in the interview, which was this honestly, like I go through a world where I can't walk. And in Second Life, I can walk around and I can also fly. And that really stuck with me. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. And I and I thought about it. And I think about that when I play uh, some of these other, other games too, and how uh, gaming and now virtual reality I don't just mean it for people who are, are dealing with a disability or anything, but just for anybody. Um, mm-hmm. It just like it opens up a whole world of uh, uh, possibilities. You can, if you're a shy person, you can be somebody you're not. You know. Now, have you ever tried? Have you ever tried VR? No, that's the thing. Is I keep on buying Samsung phones, as you know. <laughs> I've been I've been using these Samsung phones for a while now, and as a matter of fact, my last one I broke, so I just had to buy a new one recently. And I know they have some sort of deal where you can get supposedly the V. But what you do is you slip these phones. I have the Galaxy S seven. You can just slip it into a VR headset and put it on your face. Right, which I think is what's being advertised. Yeah, here. and supposedly you can get them for free, but I don't believe that. I, I don't know. I haven't tried you it. Have, have a you have a complex and fraught relationship with phone salespeople. <laughs> yeah, I do. Leave it at that. One thing that I've been experiencing... When I, get my, when, I, when I finally upgrade my phone, I'll maybe I'll ask them to get it. Yeah, I think you get a voucher or something. Anyway, um, I have been seeing more and more uh, videos, like YouTube videos and such, that are virtual reality that you can uh, control. And if you're watching them on your phone, you don't control it by like kind of swiping your thumb. You just move your phone around, and it really gives you a sense of virtual reality. One that I can think of here is... Um, the Gorillas, you know, the virtual band, The Gorillas. Well, they have a new uh, album out or coming out in, in coming weeks, and they have a few songs they've released, and their videos are three-dimensional videos, and if you're watching it on your phone, and you know me, with my, if I'm laying in bed and my glasses are off, I'm holding the phone really close to my face, and you're in the video, and you move the phone around, you move it up, and you look at the ceiling, you look down, you know, and it's really, like... That gorillas thing is the first thing I was like, you know what? I might be into this. Yeah, I I'm not against trying it. I think there's a part of me that's that's willing to wait or let it let it come to me because I would love to get to because it's going to get amazing, right? Within our lifetime, it's going to get almost completely immersive, and so I'm looking forward to being to maybe experiencing it when it's. Some of some future generations, because right now I think you know it'll be cool, but it'll be 
cool in the way a novelty is cool. Like, I can't see what the day-to-day use case yeah. for it is. No, it's going to make pornography amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's, of course, the, <laughs> like like all technologies, that's the technology that's that'll drive, drive. Um, our fr- We should move on to the next commercial. I do want to say, though, one of the most convincing stories about VR that I've heard came from our buddy Roden, who's been on the show a couple of times. Oh, the, I know what you're going to say, uh, yeah. our, our daddies and daughters guests a couple of weeks ago. Our dad ago. spurt. Our dad spurt. That's right, our dad spurt, Aaron Roden. Uh, he was at, I believe it was the Experience Music Project here, or Mo-pop. whatever it's called now, Mopop, um, uh, at the Game of Thrones exhibit, and they had these virtual reality headsets you could put in that would take you to the top of the wall. And if you don't watch the show, the wall is... It's hundreds of feet tall wall made of ice. Yeah, just... And, and he said... and Oh, and because it's like medieval times, you take this rickety, rickety kind of hand-cranked elevator up to the wall. And you see it happen in the show a lot. He says that his experience is like, you you put this thing on and you stand in a cart and, you know, it's, they built it like an exhibit. So texturally, it's like a cart, you're holding old wood, and you put this thing on. And as you as they're cranking it, you're going higher and higher and higher. And that's that's the thing where you can, there, there's a text, there's a touch an element of touch an element of sound mm-hmm. i'm sure yeah. um that's kind of the thing i mean like when when we get to a place where that's kind of a normal experience you don't have to like necessarily go to a museum to yeah, have yeah. that kind of experience that will be really fun i think mm-hmm. like you can wear special like nintendo power gloves or whatever to get the tactile <laughs> yes that gla- uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the nintendo power glove coming back <laughs> i'm just looking forward to the nintendo power glove yeah um someday they'll invent a nintendo power glove uh so the next fantasy you threw this on the list and i thought it was very very smart and very topical and this is a commercial that as much of a splash as it made i don't think you and i talked about it on the podcast Could was this it be a right? super bowl commercial I think it we, that it was, and we there's didn't like do this the weird gap in show, our yeah. in our sort of repertoire because we skipped the Super Bowl this year for for this podcast. Um, so this was one that I don't know. I can't remember now if Nick and Rosen talked about it, but it got a lot of ink when it when yeah. it came out, and a lot of icks when it came and out. A lot of icks. This is the commercial. I'll just say if you know this commercial at all, you know this as the Mister Clean commercial that you never want to see again. I think that's a lot of people's reaction yeah. to this, Mr. right? Mr. Clean can't clean your brain of this commercial. <laughs> yeah, what's the product for that? that. Um, so I, I guess I haven't seen this in a while, but I, I'll set it up and you can jump in when they I start need to like men in black up. flashy thing. <laughs> yes. So you see a woman in her uh, in her kitchen and she's just kind of straightening up a little bit. And then all of a sudden she sees... A an uncanny valley, Mister Clean, an Boy, animated Mister Clean. That's, they are just in for a penny, in for a pound with this uncanny valley. Uh, we've Clean. talked about him before, so it's like a cartoon Mister Clean that's kind of realistic, but not realistic enough, and it's gross. And he's wearing really tight white pants and a really tight white shirt. And as he's cleaning the house, he's wiggling his butt, and she's all lusty after him. And then at the very end, we realize, oh, this was all just a fantasy, and it was actually her husband, who's like kind of a portly bearded guy who looks kind of like me, cleaning the house. Oh, no. Kind of like I... Let me let me be the first to give you all the credit in the world that you look a lot better than this dude. But you don't think that that's a guy that they're going for my type? Well, they're going middle-aged for, bearded. They're, well, they went hard on the schlub. <laughs> and let me tell you. Well, let me, she's going hard for the schlub. Let me I would count say. the ways I don't like this commercial. One, I don't like the Mr. Clean Uncanny Valley, Mr. Clean. Yeah. Uh, I do not like any commercial where 
um, men are unduly rewarded and feted for doing a fucking ounce of housework. Yeah, she's so turned on by his housekeeping, I should just say, that at the very end, all of a sudden we realize Mr. Clean it was really her husband all along. He's schlubby, and then she jumps his bones onto the couch. And three... If you're going to have this commercial, they need to be of comparable levels of attractiveness. This is like King of Queens level ridiculousness. This is this is Genevieve and Andrew levels of ridiculousness. No, we are we are in the same bracket. <laughs> These two are not. We're in the same attractive attractiveness bracket. Yes. That's not what this podcast is supposed to be about, but I would love to hear from people if they talk about their attractiveness bracket in their You know if in you're in the same one as your partner. Yeah. You That's know. That we talk about. I honestly think that I am I'm uh, punching above my weight. Uh, well, it's nice of you, you to say, but, but this lady, this dude, like, I don't know if he like, if this is some sort of mail order bride situation it's so weird <laughs> so anyway that's anything else you want to say about this that's your fantasy commercial Ugh, I, it is a fantasy commercial and it is it's like definitely something that they like it's an interesting com- sort of product category i think to try to apply the fantasy strategy to um and i think it doesn't work very well for all the reasons that i enumerated i think a lot of people were turned off by this just seeing this woman kind of being lusty towards this and it's not like seeing it's it's not just the reality of her being lusty towards uh towards a guy who's cleaning although i understand your more social point about that um it's just gross just seeing a sexual a sexualized mr clean is not great to begin with yeah. but this version of him particularly is just ugh. it just it's misfire after misfire and i don't know what they're doing like it, they're getting attention they're getting earned media i guess they're getting attention but it never makes me think about mr clean as a product that does the job that I needed to do as much as I don't necessarily love them because there is another there's an ick factor to these as well the Clorox moments ads where it's like you know your kid is mopping up your your bathroom but he's using the water from the toilet bowl I mean I know it's gross or like you know your kid brings his porta potty or his little you know training potty into the kitchen and spills pee all over the Mm -hmm. kitchen like those are gross, but man, it's like a really and and I've had parents write in and say like, no, that's a really compelling use case. Like that stuff happens, really? and like when that happens, it's good to be reminded that what will really clean it, what will what will take it back to zero, is Clorox. There's a commercial airing right now that I can't think of, and I hate. Oh, I can't think of what it is. It's this butchered. Um, they say certain things we know to be true, like what goes down doesn't always come back up and it's for um it's like some kid is taking his toy stuffed animal or whatever and shoving it into the toilet (laughs) um but there but the the way i'm butchering and i just did a quick search i can't find it but it's actually more of a kind of grammatic sort of thing for me they they say certain things are always true what goes down might not come back up or something that's like wait a second it's always true or it's sometimes true wait, like always we always no. never 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 <laughs> always um sorry i'm pausing because there's just can i just get one thing off my chest that oh, is God. not related to this as well. Yeah, what? Which is when we're, just speaking of being pedantic like this, there's a radio commercial that's airing right now. I can't even remember the product. And it's on sports radio constantly. Oh, it's like for some sort of high-speed internet, right? And the whole point is like you wouldn't you wouldn't get you wouldn't buy a slow race car. 
you wouldn't and they're they're going hard with all these analogies and mm-hmm. it doesn't make a lot of sense but supposedly the narrator is a photojournalist right i don't say they somehow set that up quickly at the beginning it's like hi ugh, i'm a photojournalist or whatever and he makes this comment about how the world is very fast paced these days and you, the 24 news cycle is now like the 24 second news cycle and that drives me so goddamn crazy because the idea behind a 24-hour news cycle is not that all of the news happens in 24 hours. It's, it's that, that it's happening all the time. It's happening all the time. Yeah. So what does a 24-second news cycle mean? That would mean that th- you, there are cable stations that for about 30 seconds a day show the news and then we move on with our lives. No, it that, is so wrong. That is the latest. And he's supposed to be a journalist. And well, I a just, photo I know, journalist. but like, it would make me mad anyway, but then I always find myself, like, I don't know if you've ever heard me, that commercial comes on all the time during baseball games. If I'm in the shower, wherever I am, I start screaming at the radio. I'm like, that's not, speaking of commercials, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. No, it's, that's lazy, stupid writing. It really is. Drives me nuts. Okay. We, should, we could do a Sorry. whole show on lazy, stupid writing. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I, this is your show. I'm going to shut up now. What's up next? Well, this is an ad that I, has really been catching my attention, and I... I was on the bubble. Maybe you can tell me whether you agree that this qualifies as fantasy. Okay. I think it does, but it, it's maybe, maybe not. This is for um, something called AT&T TV, which is, I only know as a product because of this ad. Mm. Uh, it's called Everywhere, and it's, it's un- unfortunately, it's sort of the same thing as um, uh, the Samsung commercial. There's not a lot of words, not mm-hmm. any words, but it's all about the all the kinds of media that you can experience, all the t- television that you can get through this service. Um, and so the user, the person who's who's uh, who's a, a customer, is looking on his phone. He's out and about in the city, and he's out mobile. He can experience all of his favorite shows and movies. And they do this great thing where they connect you to all of the shows and movies by having all of the the movies and shows that he's watching while he's out doing his day kind of happening around him in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you see the Breaking Bad RV careen through the streets as he's walking down the streets and with like Walter and Jesse in their face hiding get up. So you don't actually yeah. see the, there's no, you never They're see. They're wearing any, their gas masks. Yeah. You never yeah. see any, any famous actors, but you see a lot of uh, accoutrement from mm-hmm. various shows. So you see um, he gets on a bus and you hear the dun, 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 dun from Game of Thrones and he's surrounded by Game of Thrones looking people like Fens wild, or whatever. Th- wildlings, yeah, yeah. but it's not, you know, it's not famous actors. Um, so much GOT talk in this episode. Uh, oh, right. The wall. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's one and you know, he, he, you hear the little bump from Seinfeld. Yeah. I'll, I'll play the audio he, so that people can hear the sound. And design. he's wearing the puffy shirt, the pirate. <laughs> yes. Shirt. That's how that, yeah, he's experiencing it by he's the one who's wearing the pirate shirt. Um, and it really cram a lot in. There's a Sesame street reference. There's a Ghostbuster at one point, uh, the safe puffed marshmallow man walks by. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the DeLorean from back to the future rises and up into the screen. It's really jam packed and it's a great ad for the product. I think. Do you want to take a, a listen to it just because the sound design is kind of fun. Sound design is really fun, yeah. We can shout out the ones we missed here. Oh, Rocky. So people are jogging behind him. Oh, George Wendt. (laughs) George Wendt is the one name actor in this. I never noticed he was actually in that. Oh, here's the bus of thrones. Oh, NFL, just football. Oh, uh, Sex in the City, she gets splashed by the bus. In your neighborhood. 
<laughs> There's the pirate shirt. I'm going to pause this for a second. a longer version than the regular yeah. one. I've never seen the one-minute version, which is why I've never seen George Went, which means they would cut George Went from the I know, short that's one. Cold. That, that's crazy. He's your only name in this. Everybody else, their faces are obscured, like you said. The uh, Game of Thrones is much better in this one. He's like squeezed between these. Uh, and the bus really is scary. really icy, like yeah, the wall. Yeah, okay. Oh, I wanted to stop it here also because we saw the Sesame Street one, and I love the comment that you made when we were watching this on TV a long time ago. You said, I love this commercial, but what is this grown-ass man doing <laughs> watching Sesame Street while he's walking down the street in New York City? Knight Rider. Oh, was that that was I think Mike, that, that was, was really uh, um, Michael Knight. Uh, David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> he's got Who's a lot had, of work done. Oh my god, he's he more, looks like a Game more, of Thrones. He's more thing. plastic surgery than man in this show. Is that Skeletor or yeah? Oh, and here's where he gets into a taxi cab. And the taxi cab becomes a DeLorean, which takes to the sky, flies AT&T off. AT&T offers you all your live channels and DVR on your devices, data free. I will say, as a product, now I don't use AT&T, but I'm just going to go ahead and give a goddamn shout out to my... <laughs> now I got to say, my favorite cable provider, Xfinity, man. We have the service on our phones. I can watch like the baseball game on my phone or my laptop, or I can watch any channel on my on any of, of my the, like, uh, devices. We get a whole bunch of, I mean, don't be whiny about it. I think that's pretty, I mean, it's like having another TV in another room without having to buy a TV or in your pocket. Like I can be waiting for the the same thing is true of Netflix and and Hulu and Amazon. Yeah. But the fact that I I do think the, the live, uh, the fact that I can watch a sporting event, just like pull out my phone and like watch a live sporting event on my phone while I wait for the doctor or whatever. Baseball's so boring. (laughs) Anyway, and the season's so long. I do think it, I, I I love that I lo- I love that type of product. Um, okay, so what what do you have up next here? Well, this is an icebreakers campaign that uh, is really they're really leaning on this idea of of fantasy, specifically the unicorn. The unicorns figure prominently in this uh, whole campaign. So in every case, the the main character, the protagonist, uh, is having some sort of problem, and they take an icebreakers, which is. I want to say a mint. I want to say it's a gum. It's a gummint. It's a minty gum. It's a minty gum. Um, oh, it says icebreakers mints right here on the commercial. So I'm going to so say So they take right. an icebreaker and then they're able to solve their problem uh, because a unicorn comes in and like gives them the confidence to get what they want or do what they want to do. Do you want to um, play one of these? you want to play the networking one? Sure. Uh, there's a little bit of audio, so I think it's helpful to hear it. But what you're seeing is uh, you know, a young woman. She walks into a, some sort of networking work event. Uh, she's clearly shy, doesn't really know anyone, or doesn't, isn't sure how to insert herself. Um, but then she takes an icebreakers, and next thing you know, she's sitting astride this sparkly blue unicorn and she's introducing herself to a potential client. She suddenly got all the confidence of somebody who can ride a unicorn, basically, um, I guess. No, I can't have happen what happened last night. Here's my card. I'm sure you know your profits are down 8%. So just let me know if you want to change that. They're cute. You know, they're like, are they even 15 seconds? I mean, they're very short. It's fine. That first one I did not actually care for too much, if I'm being totally honest with you. It seems it's, it, it's too short, and you can't t- I couldn't tell what was going on. I kind of had to watch it a couple of times. And I, Well, here's the thing. Do you want me to play one more, or do you want me to analyze it? 
Um, play this one negotiate okay. just because I want to say something about it, which okay. is that I love this actress. She's been in a lot of commercials. She's been in a commercial for I can't remember what it is, but she's standing in front of like a photography backdrop like just a piece of rolled paper that's you know behind her and she's doing some sort of like crazy dance and it's like she does a dance then like when she when they this is her dance without the product this is her dance with the product it's like a more crazy dance i know this ad yes you always you always think that i should we did a show on commercial crushes and you haven't you always said like i should have more of a crush on her she seems like your type she's kind of a petite dark-haired uh quirky cute girl uh, okay, so in in this particular one, this actress that you're talking about, this this woman is playing a is she is she in her boss's? She's office? in her boss's office, or, or she's in, she's in an interview for a job, and she's been offered the oh, job, okay. and now she's negotiating the uh, benefits package. Okay, three weeks vacation. Two is standard. Take some icebreakers. Unicorn kicks down the I'm door. Not standard. Three weeks. Okay. So she gets she gets her three weeks when um, you, oh there there she is there in this she other, is yeah you want to play this one this is the Sprint phone plan commercial That's right. it, it came up automatically um, this is the one where she's dancing here's how it feels to get fifty percent off most national carrier rates too and then her dance intensifies yeah she's cute um, here's the thing about these icebreaker commercials. I'm not trying to attack you here or the premise of the show. Thanks. I won't take it personally. I didn't make or right. have anything to do with any of these ads. No. But I, are these fantasy ads or are these absurd ads or do you think of them as kind of the same? When we were, I'm, I'm really disappointed in myself today because when you said we were doing fantasy ads, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there's a bunch of those. And I always picture them almost, oh, it's almost a trope, I feel like. You watch any football game in the fall and any break is going to have some ad where some guy is takes a sip of something and has a fantasy and then somebody has to shake him out of it at the end or some some woman yeah, or, or like a like little that. kid puts on a pair of shoes and they can suddenly play with you know Odell Beckham or something yeah but then at the end they're kind of shaken out of it and they're brought back to reality that's what I think of that kind of like very and I'm probably being too literal about it but you have all these other ads especially you know in 2017 we're living in a post Old Spice world a post Geico world um, a post Skittles world Skittles world and is there a difference between fantasy ads where clearly somebody's having a fantasy and just being absurd in your advertising like i'm thinking of that um that peanut butter snack commercial that's out now that makes literally no sense it's just a rip off of skittles really some kid comes home it's like a 15 second commercial some kid comes home he says i'm so hungry i could eat a horse a horse appears and suggests that he eats maybe we should have just done this on horse based ads <laughs> Why the long face? <laughs> the fact that you laughed at that is exactly why we're together. Um, but you know what I mean? like No, I do. I, and I actually thought about that when I was grabbing these. I think unicorn is something that is so heavily associated with the idea of fantasy for me mm-hmm. in versus like the Skittles pox or the Old Spice guy being carried around by the gorilla or, you know, take your pick of like weird scenario. For me, the fact that these people like take the product and then suddenly mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this fantastic, like literally a fantastic beast appears and helps them through to get to their 
goal gave it an element of fantasy. The fact that the product or service triggers yes. triggers the fantasy and the better result. Right. And I don't think want. we're supposed to take from it that they didn't in the universe of the commercial that they didn't get their raise or their mm-hmm. client thing or whatever. I think it was supposed to be real insofar as anything in this stuff is real, but I thought that the unicorn element was was such a classic fantasy element that it made sense to include it here. But yeah. I but I take your point. I think it is it's all it's all a spectrum, right? I mean, it's it's all sort of blurry categories. What's the Stephen Hawking one? I've well, never seen this. Hawking. You know, it's funny. You wouldn't have seen it, and I only included it because while I was looking for one of these other ads, I had a pre-roll ad, mm. <laughs> and as I was watching it, it was I couldn't look away from it because it was almost exactly what I was trying to dig up was like this very specific fantasy now i will say this isn't the kind of product category i normally include in our show it's um it's a show about stephen hawking by stephen hawking for this streaming channel called um curiosity stream for this internet streaming oh he's got a show on it he's got a show on it so he's Uh, advertising this show oh but i mean it is it is the definition of a fantasy ad and I, i it kind of I, I didn't particularly like the Stephen Hawking ad we talked about before where he's um, he's advertising an Audi or something. Yeah. I thought it was sort of it a, was, a was, weird use of him as a celebrity. And as we dug into it, it turns out that that commercial, it was like a big Super Bowl commercial and it's like he's supposed to be playing a super villain or something and is the reveal at the end. But that commercial only made sense if you kind of knew the other commercials in yeah. the series that had happened before. It was. Poor. It just didn't work for one me. This one favorites. really does work okay. for me. And of course, Stephen Hawking is such a recognizable voice. Um, you'll hear him talking, and it's it's the audio will do a lot of the work. But what you're seeing as he's talking is he's essentially at the controls of a spaceship, and he's like zooming out into the universe, and it's like this very, you know, Star Trek. Uh, kind of spacescapes with planets and, uh, you know, quarks and... <laughs> I got lost. That one got away from me. That one got away from me. Let's just take a listen. My name is Stephen Hawking. Join me on the fence. Sorry, I'm just still laughing. <laughs> I forgot what space stuff is called. <laughs> okay, let's give this another shot. My name is Stephen Hawking. Join me on a fantastical journey to my favorite places. Only on Curiosity Stream. I see what you're saying. It kind of puts him right into the... um right into the Yeah, the and actually space. I realized that one that I had seen earlier was much longer. It was like 30 seconds. Oh, That's I a see. real quick okay. one. But but I'll I'll grab the long one for the Facebook group. Um it's just it's it's exactly what do we mean when we talk about a, a fantasy ad. He's mm-hmm. uh completely in the in the realm of fantasy and it's like space fantasy and it's actually like right. visu- visually very exciting. It kind of made me want to check out his show. Yeah. To to go back to those uh, kind of fantasy tropes I was talking about where somebody is is woken up at the end. I I w- or kind of like snaps out of it at the end or something. Um I felt like when I was Googling around, I could just find a bunch of like kind of sexist ads. That was kind of the problem. A lot of it was kind of like, 
oh, the library, like some guy is staring. I can't even think of the specific example, but stuff like there's some guy or some like teenager, and then he's looking at the librarian, and then suddenly like the librarian pulls her bun down, and she's got long hair and takes her glasses off, and then at the end it turns out he was just eating a Kit Kat or something. That's not a Kit Kat commercial, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It all kind of fell into that like No, n- I, I agree. That's, the boner zone is a, is a real problem with this category. I took my life in my hands today and Googled the words sexual fantasy commercials at work. <laughs> What'd you get? Um, you nothing. were home late today. <laughs> well, I'm just, I was worried that like, you know, there'd be like some, like that suddenly like an alarm would go off in my office door, like a bars would slide across <laughs> it or something. Um, I work for the state for God's sake, but um, I, <laughs> I uh, like, I didn't see, I didn't see nothing popped up like that that may, that that fit that exact thing in other words like I think the Mr. Clean one fits that example although it, the genders are reversed so it's sort of all, of all the problems yeah. that I have with it that's not yeah. that's not really one of them um but yeah I mean I think I think we've all seen that but I was I was sort of more interested in like grandiose fantasies here right now i did include and we, we can get to it later or we can do it now let's if just you do want. it now um this is a an oldie but a baddie <laughs> old milwaukee swedish bikini team this is uh i remember this vividly from being a child i would have never remembered this until i saw it in your list and of course this was in heavy rotation when i was a kid uh, let's see here. Oh, the commercial's from 1991. Oh, wow. That's later than I would have thought. Um, and it's like a bunch of men, like, kind of in, in some sort of outdoor, like, canyon situation. They've all They're been all, like, on a hiking, yeah, camping, right. man, man, man camping. Man camping. <laughs> and then we've coined a lot of great useful phrases today. The boner zone, uh, man I'm camping. I'm almost positive we are not the first people to say boner zone. <laughs> um... But uh, then one of them like cracks if so, open. so, TM. <laughs> one of them cracks open a can of old Milwaukee. The and beast. Then, and oh, then, no, that's Milwaukee's best. Yeah. And then when he cracks it open, then m- magically a whole crate of lobster just like falls from the well, sky. The, you, is it narrated? Don't, don't take our word for it. Is yeah. it narrated? Oh, okay. it is. This guitar lick. Guys, no. doesn't get any better than this. Bob Bullum was wrong. Because when a crate of lobsters fell from the sky, it got somewhat better. And when the Swedish bikini team dropped by, it got a little better. And when an old Milwaukee truck showed up, it most certainly got better. Old Milwaukee and old Milwaukee light. It just doesn't get any better than this. At one point, a bear is dancing with them. They're having a party out in, in, the, in the wilderness. 39 years old, still have no idea what a bikini team is. I was going to ask you that. That commercial reminds me that we just grew up acknowledging that there's something called the Swedish bikini team. Yeah, no, it just went unexamined. Yeah, it was like, I'm sure Letterman. Team of what? I'd love to do like a cross-reference of like Swedish bikini team jokes and like every Letterman transcript ever. I'm sure like... Oh my God. There's a million of them. Somebody write me an app for that. (laughs) But... I uh, I don't is I guess we could Google it right now, but kind of like you Googling porn in your office, I don't really feel like Googling a Swedish bikini team. Some of my right coworkers now. actually listen to this. <laughs> just now remembering. Uh, I could cut it out. I <laughs> won't. I'm just saying I could, which should drive you even more crazy. Do you want to take it back to the clean Cleanville with, uh, or at least not Mr. Cleanville, but um, 
Uh, what do you want to get into? Well, cars? before we get into cars, let's right. get into some Schmidt's gay. <laughs> because I, honestly, the only reason I even included the Swedish bikini team was because <laughs> it was the I think the genesis of a one of my very favorite. Uh, SNL commercial parodies, but mm-hmm. from way back in the day, it's with Adam, a very young Adam Sandler, uh, and Chris Farley, R.I.P. Um, and old timers like us will remember this one. But if you haven't ever seen it, it's great. It's exactly the same tone as the sweet as the Milwaukee one, the old Milwaukee one. These two youngish dudes are house sitting, and at first you think they're just house sitting for a kind of like broken down old house. Until Adam Sandler says, wait till you see the pool. And they come outside and the pool transforms into, a, you know, a Shangri-La grotto uh, when they open their beer. And with it come not hot ladies, but hot dudes. <laughs> and and a lot of it's visual, so we won't have to prolong it here. But the all of the shots of Chris Farley and Adam Sandler, like, popping their eyes at these hot dudes and, like nudging each other to like look at that dude right. and, and flipping open their glasses to look at that checking dude. checking out the banana hammocks checking out all the banana hammocks it is it it parodies so precisely the way these beer commercials have men looking at women and it is so fa- I, I i remember seeing this live when i was a kid and just being like at the time like oh i get satire now let's just take a quick listen to this this is the great house sitting deal that you found this place is a dump. Just wait till you see the pool. <laughs> no water? <laughs> There's that guitar lick. Yeah, these really hot guys are starting to appear in the pool. You two look like you need to get wet. <laughs> they both look up to the heavens and say thank you and then from there on out it's just gratuitous shots of banana hammocks <laughs> is there a tagline we should wait for here I think so yeah Schmitz gay <laughs> that's graphic yeah it's pretty graphic for when this must have come out uh, 91 same year as the same year you're right it's definitely a reaction to that specific commercial (laughs) flipping up the shade big thirst and you're gay reach for a cold tall bottle of schmidt's gay and a a little i know the sound of phil hartman the sound of phil hartman two two out of the three there are no longer with us. The two and the the worst yeah, one still is. Yeah, um, I would trade we, ten Adam Sandlers we, to get either one of them. We back. don't wish anybody dead. I do want to just add one more that this reminds me of. And as a matter of fact, <clears throat> at one point when we were kind of first dating. I remember you using the phrase. We were watching TV and something came on. I love how all, I love how when I was twenty three when we started dating. It's all, and I'm sure I was very full of my own erudition. And so a lot of these phrases that I said back then have 
You, have you a know long, which ones I'm going to say, You have a long though, memory right? and you have come back to bite me. No, I don't know which Oh, you ones. don't? Because I know. I think this is a... I mean, it's not funny, but it's it's something that I think is absolutely true. And you just said it succinctly. And you said, television hates women. Oh, yeah. And we were watching TV one time and you're just like, uh, you know, some shit like this. Came, not the parody, but some real shit like that came on. And you're just like, see, television hates women. I always think about that because that is a thesis that, I don't know, just is constantly reinforced in my television viewing in, in many, many cases. And... um. I think that the perfect Schmitzke is a good parody of that or kind of a kind of draw draws that out. And also I think of this quick joke that was in the Simpsons and it was a fake commercial in the Simpsons for Duff beer. And you see a bunch of uh, women protesting with their uh, signs, you know, for equal pay or something along those lines. I think it just lines. says like, we are feminists. Yeah, I think it does. And then uh, somebody uh, cracks open a, a can of Duff dry or whatever and sprays them all down with the suds of the beer. They shake up the beer, spray it on the feminists and the feminists throw down their signs and, and rip off their shirts and they all become the Swedish bikini team. Team, basically yeah. and i was just like god that is the perfect like 10 second parody example of tv how it just the the male gaze yeah. dominating commercials thank god misogyny is a thing of the past yeah no i'm glad we were able to get through that um we got okay, like what uh, we got? three more here we've got um honda civic direct tv and duracell the force awakens the honda civic one is Great, but it's it's there's no audio there. The what is it? Just tell me. And it's a little, it's just, just literally the the guy who's designing the Honda Civic. His brain opens and it sounds gross. His head opens in the back, like a little door opens oh. in the back, and the car drives out of it. And it really looks like what's that? It's a Rainbow Road in um, oh, Mario Kart. in Wii Kart in my Mario oh, Kart. That makes me miss so the Mario car Kart. drives through this like incredibly fantastic mm. landscape that's very virtual looking, but it really like it's almost like a literal interpretation of someone's fantasy of what yeah. it would be like to have this you know to drive this car. Oh, it's, that's cool. It's the right. designer. It's like the designer's fantasy, which I thought was nice. But again, there's nothing to it mm-hmm. besides the sound, besides the music. Um, then uh, this Hellboy one maybe is a good one to finish up on. Um, so, uh, Ron Perlman, famous for playing Hellboy, among other people, um, is in this ad for DirecTV, and it's, it's, this is a, a few years old now, um, and it's back when the idea of recording your shows remotely was still a new technology. Mm-hmm. So, this, the, the main character is sitting in a business meeting or board meeting, and, or board room, I should say, and he's being told, it's going to be a late night, folks, like, we're not going anywhere. I've never been... Is that true? I don't think I've ever been in a work situation where someone was like, it's a late night. You can't go home. Like, well, yes, I can. I'm a grown up. I'll oh, decide. Really? Uh, I feel like I've been in that situation. I've in worked a newsroom, late, yeah. but I've never, I guess, in a newsroom. So anyway, the boss says it's a late night. You're not going home. And then uh, Ron Perlman pipes up and says, oh, you're going to miss my movie. And he's dressed up as, and I haven't he, seen this. He's dressed, he's dressed up dressed as, as Hellboy. Hellboy. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a late one, people. What a bummer. Oh, I have I seen this. People watch me on DirecTV tonight. Relax, Red. I can easily set my own DVR to record you right from here. Done. Wow. You know, you're a little scary up close. 
turns out so this guy was talking to a Hellboy character um, uh, but then at the end when he says you're scary up close we realize it was not Hellboy after all it was just a co-worker of his yeah. and she seems pretty offended when her co-worker as, as says, you would and now he's close. being treated for psychosis that is a good sad I do, ending to that I, one I do remember that ad that's a good one I believe it was part of a campaign I think there were other yes, uh, famous he, tie-ins uh, like other that. people that's were good. sitting somewhere where they couldn't get home and record and uh, and a famous character would pop up. And I, I'll say, Vives, that's a perfect one to end on because that's that is truly the fantasy kind of trope that I was talking about before. At the end, they're brought back to reality in some way, and 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 everybody's like, "Where did you just go, buddy?" Right. All right. So, do you want to uh, leave it there then, and then check in with the ad council? Let's do it. We got some good ones this week. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words to say Only the echoes of my mind All right, where should we begin? You know where we should begin. Oh, good. Are we going to start? Okay, Let's good. Start. Yeah, all right. So this is a we've voicemail got what, that we got. We've got a shaggy got. dog story. Um, yeah, so this is a, a voicemail that we got. And I got to get rid of the music before I hit go on this thing. Um, from a listener down south, right? In Alabama. Okay, and I'll, I'll let him tell the rest of the story. Hey, this is Gordon from Alabama. And I've uh, been listening to the show for a while, and I just want to call in and say I love the show, and I've been looking for a reason to call. I just want to call in like some stalker. <laughs> so I listen to your show when I run. I'm a runner. and I run- this, guy, this guy might be my new favorite guy. Well, just wait. <laughs> I'm like some stalker. And so I listen to your show when I run. I'm a runner, and I run in the early mornings. And so I'm listening to this uh, this week's show, and um, I keep hearing, and you just talked about your, your cat who likes to bang down doors, and I kept hearing mm-hmm. the dog bark in the distance, and I'm thinking, do they not hear this dog in their neighborhood barking? Do they have a dog? Can they shut the window? This is irritating. And then I realize it's not on the show, so sorry about what I thought about. <laughs> but it's a dog stuck in a storm drain about three feet down below the, the street. And he's been barking because he's scared, and I don't know how long he's been stuck there. So um, so I have to stop. And um, I try to get him out, but it's too far down. And so I run about a half mile back to the fire department and get the firefighters to, 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 to get this dog out, this little puppy. And um, so they get this, the, the smallest dude on the truck, and he climbs into the hole and gets the puppy out, mm. and, and all is all is safe and all is fine. And so I think the message here is that your podcast saves dogs' lives. <laughs> and I think it's something you should, you should you know, be proud of. So anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. And now that I've called in, I'm going to keep calling in like that stalker dude. <laughs> is it too late to change our masthead? Wait, our, do we have a masthead? We don't have a masthead. Oh, let's get a masthead and okay. say, after these messages, we save dogs' lives. But I actually think the lesson of that story is totally the opposite, although I appreciate the kudos. We almost got the dog killed because... Oh, because Gordon thought Gordon it was... Gordon thought it was an, on the show. He could have just yeah. kept running right by. Um, there's an amazing coda to this story, which is an amazing story in and of itself, that you saved a dog, um, which is great. We had zero to do with it, but we're happy to be involved. Um, he lives in a small town in Alabama, it sounds like, and there's a little newspaper, uh, in the, in the town that reported on this, you know, how small towns <laughs> yeah, are yeah, like, yeah. you know, say, you gotta, sure. if, a, if a cat gets saved from a tree, that's news. So this is actually a real story in the Aniston star dog reunited with owner after being rescued from pipe by runner and Jacksonville firefighters. This is so great. 
So the dog's name was Sunshine. Okay, there's a picture of this Can dog. Can I see? I, you tried to show me before, oh and I was God. just more amazed by the details of the story. I'll, it I'll, really is. Here, I gotta get this microphone. It is an oh adorable puppy gosh. dog. Oh, did Gordon get, get to keep the dog? No, I think it belonged to somebody already. It had been missing for two days. Oh, my gosh. And I want to read you what Gordon is quoted as saying in the story. I was listening to a podcast called After These Messages, and I heard this distant barking, the runner said. <laughs> he got us in there? I thought it was on the podcast. It sounded like someone just left a window open while they were recording, and I wondered why they wouldn't close the window. But the barking continued, and he went and found the dog. Gordon Savvy. He knew what he was doing there. You don't have to say the name of yeah. the show. He got us. Taylor, Gordon is coming for you. Yeah. Oh, that's what this is about. You know what? <laughs> this is really good. This is like um, when you have kind of like two quarterbacks competing for the same position. You know what I mean? Right. Or you, you got a really good quarterback back on the bench like it, it makes the the starting quarterback perform better because they know there's somebody's nipping at their heels i like this basically what i'm saying is competition breeds excellence so yes taylor you're fine i mean you're doing well like <laughs> i'm not saying that you know nothing has changed right now right now nothing yeah. has changed so wow that is really great the good though we've gotten we've gotten some uh, we've gotten some good press of course we do have to for real, give a shout out to Taylor again for getting us on, on on the WAMU radio show. Remember that? Yeah. I'm just saying. We've got two very strong <laughs> performers. I, I slipped into good cop and you, <laughs> you really stick with the bad cop thing. Anyway, Gordon, thank you for calling in. That is an amazing story. And I'm so glad the dog is all right. That That's the, obviously the best news. Um, okay, moving on. This is from listener Noah. Now, Noah is the listener, Andrew, who sent in that auto trader ad that we talked about last week. The little girl who... Uh, is kicking all the things oh, and yeah. the dad, you know, keeps uh, getting her to her, kicking her karate practice or her soccer practice mm-hmm. or her football practice. Um, and he had, Noah had said he wasn't sure about the ad. Like he sort of wanted a ruling. And I think we, we ended up ruling it uh, not guilty, um, but with maybe some room for improvement as far as uh, uh, product, product identification. Um, so Noah writes back in just to kind of close the loop with us. To restate, my initial reaction to this was very positive, so much so that I went to find it online to show to some friends. Upon rewatching, I sometimes felt that they were a little heavy-handed on the female empowerment, she can be anything message. There's a blurry line between referencing, advocating, and appropriating. Sometimes mm-hmm. it get, felt a little on the nose, like the girl power rocks, you'd be gilding the lily, although he agrees that it is a jam. Um so this was still on my mind when I listened to Dadvertising, and what stood out to me was the contrast between this and the sappy take care of your daughter storyline, which mm-hmm. is sort of what I was objecting to. Yeah, protect protect your, yeah. your, your fragile daughter, yeah. Um, in that company, I think this rocks. Dad's not there because she needs emotional support, and he doesn't end up getting teary. It now reads to me as a fresh and upbeat retake on daughters growing up. He's supporting his daughter and who she is, full stop. Uh, so he is on board with the not guilty um, and he said, said it's really interesting to think about how other ads frame it in that context, which I think is uh, is a is a good point. Now, I don't want to step on you if you're about to say this, but I didn't you say that Noah or maybe somebody else also said that commercial would have been better if she's like kicking the tires or something at the end? Didn't you say that? Or did I read that on our on our wonderful Facebook page? You might have read it on the Facebook group. I didn't see Somebody it. Somebody said it's a great commercial, but it would be a little bit better if at the end, I think they said there was a there was a cool way you could tie in kicking to the car. I don't know if oh, it was I, kicking. Oh, I didn't tires. see that, but whoever said that, that would be a great um that's, be a, a great that's some, button, right? I'm not going to say it. But that would be a great fix for that commercial. Don't Wait, no, I don't understand what you're saying. And <laughs> 
So you're saying there's a commercial that it's a good commercial. It's mostly healthy, but it's a little bit sick. You're going to make use a me little stop ad doctoring. What? <laughs> doctor, doctor, what should I do? Well, to, to the ad doctor who... Don't make a, me cut your mic. <laughs> doctor, to the doctor, ad- what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? My doll is ill. She has high fever. Okay. That's the entry point on that song. So to the person who said that, yeah, the greatest last scene would be her kicking the tires on her own new car Mm -hmm. uh, would have been a good tie-in. I actually think that would have really solved the problem we were having with it, which was it felt very generic as far as what the product category was. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a good tie-in. And now I'm and I'm sorry I can't give that person credit. I thought you had told me that somebody wrote in with that, but it must have been on the Facebook page. Yeah, sorry. There's a, there, we, the we get stuff. a lot of feedback, so um, it's sometimes hard to keep it all straight. Um, this is from listener John, and I we had been talking about that uh, DirecTV, or I'm sorry, yeah, it was DirecTV... No, it was for Spectrum, and it was taking a shot at DirecTV yes. with the evil characters on the train saying that the they're... Um, TV goes out in the rain because they have the dish. And they're like, how could anybody be so evil to create a product that doesn't work in the rain? And meanwhile, it's like the Grim Reaper, the Wolf Man, and like a mummy who and are a talking, scientist. and a bad scientist yeah. who are saying that, yeah. Which... Yeah, Nick, are those things really evil? Nitpicking, but some of those don't seem as evil to me. I don't consider the Grim Reaper to be evil. It's a representation of something that happens in life. That should have been like Hitler... Ted Bundy. <laughs> Who do you think will be the first? Oh my product god! Can you Hitler imagine? There's, it's got to have happened, right? I feel like someone somebody, somewhere crossed that line. I mean, we live in a world where somebody made. I mean, a, look at a look, damn sitcom in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about Hitler's guarding our heroes. It was called Hogan's Heroes. Well, I mean, so somebody, you know. Well, Hitler's Nazis. What did I say? Did I say Hitlers? You said Hitlers. Did I say Hitlers? Yeah. <laughs> it was a bunch of Hitlers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, we are clearly we, need to wrap are this we up. Getting near the end. Yeah. Um, so I, this is just, I, I just had a tactical question about whether or not the dish actually. <laughs> I love the idea of a bunch of Hitlers guarding Hogan's hero. No, I, I wanted, okay. Too many Hitlers. <laughs> Who's with me? We're gonna remake. We're gonna reboot Hogan's Heroes. Called Too Many Hitlers. <laughs> okay, sorry. We had wondered down. if if Directv actually like can dishes withstand rain. It seems like an obvious thing that a yeah. product like that yeah, would yeah, need yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, John writes in and says, "I had Directv for a few years in Pennsylvania and Tennessee in the last decade. While it was usually great, thunderstorms killed the signal. Um, a big flood that Nashville had during uh, 2010 killed our service, and P- Pennsylvania was worse since they got more storms uh, in the eastern part of that state. So that was yeah. a bummer. Um, because it's because it's line of sight satellite or whatever, and the rain must be, or, or was it more of an electrical? I uh, literally no idea, but uh, I mean, it's, it's a pretty pretty hardcore con to uh, yeah, <laughs> right. TV. yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a con anyway, but then it's like, oh, it's raining. We can't be outside. Let's go inside yeah. and not watch it's TV. It's like the main thing you do <laughs> yeah, when it rains. Right. So. Uh, hey, I have a new uh, board game I'm marketing. It doesn't work on rainy days right. or Sundays. Exactly. Um, okay, so, and then we have a voicemail? And then we have a voicemail. Um, this is from listener Julie, and this is in response to our uh, coverage of that ad with the guy from Stranger Things, where it's a sort of a shot-by-shot 
retake of the early scene in Ferris Bueller where he's um, yes. getting ready to go out on his big day. Because you and I were just like... This is just, for Domino's Pizza. Yeah, and it just made no sense. They reboot uh, Ferris Bueller, only they they have somebody else playing him, some young actor playing him, and they never use the word Ferris Bueller or anything like that. It just seemed like a weird mishmash and, of... Yeah, and I think one of the ad counselors had actually sent it in and said, how is this working for young people? It right. seems like, would they even get this reference? Right. But uh, uh, Julie had a point of view. Hi, this is listener Julie from Lake Forest Park, Washington, and I'm calling about your comment that the Domino's Ferris Bueller commercial is hitting the wrong demographic. So I have to disagree. Um, my children are 17 and 21, and they know Ferris Bueller's day off better than I do, hmm. and I am a, a child of the 80s. And I checked this out with our old person uh, trivia group last night because their kids are even older than mine and they agree also so I think it's actually uh, for some people hitting the right demographic but I guess we'll see in the sales thanks a lot hmm. that movie must have uh, retro appeal in well the I also think it just has staying power staying power and you know what I often think of is um, it's, a, it's, an, it's an extremely well-made comedy you and I obviously were kind of coming of age during the uh, Seinfeld era, right? Like during the era where Seinfeld wasn't just a TV show, but it just dominated social culture, our, our language, yeah. the words we used. Are you the king of your castle and puffy shirt and all this Post stuff? That, yeah, Big, yeah, yeah. Man hands. It just it, like it just took over our culture. Um and so I think probably in the early to mid-2000s, the first decade of the 2000s, I had absolutely no interest in watching Seinfeld at all. Not that I didn't think it was a good show for the time, but... But you were done. I was done with it. It had been in syndication like yep. forever. I'd seen them all. And it was just about that time when I was starting to feel like, wow, the 90s were just starting to feel a little dated to me. Something that I never would have thought of ha happening because the 90s was my decade, right? As a, I was a teen, you know? I was like what advertisers were trying to woo and everything back then. Um, and we had a couple of friends. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this babbling brook, but we had a couple of friends who uh, were pretty close to us, but they were significantly younger, like almost 10 years younger than us. And while you and I were still in kind of our jaded Seinfeld phase, they were eating Seinfeld up. Like, they were alive when Seinfeld was on, but they were kids and they just didn't appreciate it or whatever. And they were the biggest fans of Seinfeld I had ever met. Yeah. And they were loving it. And I'm actually kind of back there now. Like, I took a break and now I just love, you could put it on, I'll watch it all day. But there is something, I'm just wondering if there's kind of a similar phenomenon going on where it's just kind of like, yeah, there's this kind of younger generation that was either maybe alive for it, maybe not, but it's just getting a completely second life. It must be the case. And I think it's, and I think it's interesting to see which pieces of media make the cut on that because I don't think, for example, that like 16 to take another John Hughes movie or no, is he John? Is that John Hughes? 16 Candles? No, but uh, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller, I want to say is John Hughes. Let me check, check it out. But what were you going to say? While well, I, I was going to say like, I think that some movies like 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink, there are some very problematic uh, racial stereotypes, race and and sexual politics and assault mm. and misogyny like some of those movies do not stand up mm -hmm. um i think you know 
like say anything probably holds up pretty well but like the, um, a lot of them a lot of those 80s mm-hmm. sort of teen movies don't I think Ferris Bueller has is almost not problematic like yeah, I, can't that's a good even, point. I can't even think of anything that's problematic in it and it also has a very polished feel to it it's like extremely well produced it's not um, it's not loose in yeah, that in a certain yeah. way that some of those other John Hughes movies are and so I think that's the thing that will keep it in the zeitgeist for that's longer that's a really good point yeah, that's a really good point because there's nothing in there. There's not a scene that I can think of where it's kind of like, oh, well, it was a different time. Well, yeah, you never have to really say, well, it was a different time. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And also just the mood of that movie in the 80s and today is just like, I mean, there are t- I know that when I was younger, actually, that movie kind of really stressed me out. But for the most part, like, it's just such a positive. It's very joyful. It's just a joy. Yeah, yeah. perfect word. Joyful movie. All right. Uh, you want to get out of here? I do. You can sell anything. What a fun show. Thanks for putting it together, Vives. Well, it uh, it was sort of a last minute effort, but I had a really good time doing it. Yeah, it was really good. I think you should uh, put the shows together more often. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at After These Messages Show at Gmail. We love getting the emails. Thank you so much. We got some great ones this week. Um, the Facebook group is always popping. It's awesome. It's Facebook group or after these messages show uh, on the Facebooks and it's the group. And the voicemail is at 607-444-5597. And you know if you're calling us, leaving us a voicemail, I'm probably playing it. <laughs> you're taking your cues from that auctioneer we saw this weekend. Like, the odds are good. <laughs> the odds are There's good. There's only two tickets in the bucket. <laughs> the odds are good. All right, everybody. That number again, 607 444 Five five nine seven. Save a dog if you see one. Talk to you guys <laughs> next Tuesday. You can sell anything.